Speaking about starting this podcast, welcome back to another episode of Building a Life and Business Together. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. She is Stephanie Ravenscraft. I had to think about that one. You don't know who I am. That's scary. So we went out on our weekly business date lunch yesterday. Yes. And we talked about what we'd co- cover today. And, and what what was it that caused us to have the idea to talk about boundaries today? Oh, you asked me what kind of topics are we going to talk about that would make people want to come to your workshop? That's exactly what I did say that. <laughs> Let's have an ulterior motive for creating content for this podcast. That's exactly what you said to me. I, I did. Well, actually. But no, that we, we would share at my workshop is what well, we were. Well, actually, what... What is the kind of content in your workshop right that we could cover on the that podcast. we would cover here that people would be interested in so that if anybody is interested in the workshop that they would like, oh my gosh, right. I know I liked what they said about these kind of topics in the podcast. I would love to come not only hear more about that topic, but to have the ability to ask questions and yes, brainstorm and get feedback and bounce ideas off of yeah. other people. So that's where we were. Yeah. So boundaries. Boundaries. Stephanie, what in your what is what is a boundary in your mind? Just how would you define it? Not in a clinical term, not like Dr. Henry Cloud and whatever would say, but how do you def- what is a boundary in your mind? Um a boundary for me is a line that I have drawn across my time, my space, my mind, my heart, anything that so basically I've put myself in a box and and my boundaries are my box and anything that wants to invade my peace has met my boundary. <laughs> I love that because Dr. Henry Cloud, who wrote this book along with his partner or whatever, um, Townsend, Henry Townsend, Henry Townsend is, are they both Henry's or am I just, what did you say? I said, John, Dr. John, John Townsend and John Townsend, Henry Cloud. Yes. Okay. Correct. I'm pretty sure. I mean, people can look it up. The book is called Boundaries. Here's the deal. It's by Cloud and Townsend. (laughs) Yes. If we get the first names wrong or mixed up or interchanged. He doesn't know my name. So what do you expect? But anyway, if you have not read this book, it's an incredibly powerful message to have in life. And the way he describes boundaries, he talks about property lines. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Yep. And so... um, we live in a neighborhood. We do. There are lots of houses in our neighborhood, and we have a, we have. There's a house to well, depending on it, where you're, which direction you're looking, to the left of us, to the right of us. But either way, there are houses next door to our houses. Yes. Okay. And we don't have fences. You and I, and not not in this house. So Neither do our two closest neighbors. Exactly. So I mean, there are houses with fences in our neighborhood. I do. I want to say that, but. Our, there is no divider between our house and either of our neighbors on either side. Right. And the interesting... Other th- than the fact that we mow on different days. <laughs> so everyone's grass is a different yes, length. Yes, yes, yes. And well, and that's interesting if that you think about that you say that because there is no physical boundary. No. But there is a very visual, real... If there's a visual boundary. What's, what's the visual boundary? Well, right now, currently, um, the neighbor to our left, their grass is shorter than ours. Okay, so 
but so it's a visual. But that's a visual ba- boundary. But it's that, not a physical boundary. Exactly. So the but there is a very real boundary. Yes. Between our home and their home, and on either side of our with our neighbors, and that boundary has been set. It's been recorded, and we own a, or we own this property that we're on. And we own up to the point where their where our grass is a little higher than their grass, where they mowed, they stayed on their side of the boundary. Mm-hmm. Now, how on earth is this? I mean, it, and, and by the way, this is recorded on a deed in the county department. It's like, listen, this is agreed upon. When you bought, when we bought this house, we agreed we are responsible. We have authority for all the things that happen on this property. <laughs> What? I was just thinking of our authority. What really, what authority do we really have when we have to run everything through the HOA? They're well, we messing have, with my boundary. Well, no, that, that's not actually true. I know. I'm Because there are boundaries. No, there are boundaries there, and there yes. are boundaries we agreed upon. Actually, go ahead. We're not going to get into that. No, we are, I, I think. I don't think that the current boundaries are boundaries that we agreed upon. I think they changed management companies and boundaries were added. And because we agreed on the previous ones, we... No, I I don't mean to be argumentative, but the way that I understand it is this, that the boundaries that when we came in the the uh, the limitations and guidelines of what you can do on your property um is limited by what we have decided as a community these are the guidelines of how we would like people to agree to to adhere to these guidelines and what happened is we changed management companies the 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 neighborhood the HOA association changed management companies and now there's a uh, there's somebody who is like overwhelmed with their sense of power and and they go through enforcing things that are kind of like just a little bit over the top. Okay. I, I think the I, I don't think that the I don't think that the guidelines have actually changed since we moved. I think that all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe we didn't read all of all of the stuff. Fair enough. And now all of a sudden things are actually getting followed up on, Fair which, enough. which there are some things that I, I would say I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad. Yes. It was a little bit of a pain in the butt to get a, a nasty gram in the mail that says nasty you, can, <laughs> you cannot put your garbage cans on the side of your house where they're visible from the street, you know, and if you don't do something, you're going to be fined and blah, 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 blah. And and it's like, okay, that could have been handled a completely different way, but how many things do they have to deal with and how many people and how many how different... How many HOA dollars are they wasting on the paper to mail the nastygram? Be what it is. They're doing you what... You brought they, it up. I, I know. But this is... But here's the... That's the thing, you though. You wanted to be argumentative. I, I No, I said I don't mean to be argumentative. I'm just That saying, doesn't mean you didn't mean... That doesn't mean you didn't intend to be. You just... Go ahead. I love you. Mm-hmm. But... The thing is, is that there are other guidelines that are in there that are things that I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that other people had to sign an agreement to say, hey, before you purchase this plot of land in this neighborhood that is governed by this association's agreements of what's acceptable, make sure that you read this. And I am kind of thankful that we don't have some things in our neighborhood that that would make this a less 
aesthetically pleasing neighborhood to drive in and out of. Okay. Does that make sense? I and, see and, where you're going. And, and I don't, I, I, there are some things that I'm like, okay, seriously, the, the garbage cans on the side of the house, I mean, it, is I that I just really? think that there are probably some people in our neighborhood who like paying fines. Yes. That's all. Okay. So, but even that though, when we moved but in, boundaries. we agreed that we agreed to those boundaries okay. within the boundaries of our property line. But anyway, what I love about this is that we can live here and our next door neighbor who built their house at the same time we built our home, he could sell his house to someone else. And that someone else could say to could write us a letter, come knock on our door and say, hey, I really would like you to uh, paint your house this color. And I'm like, that's great. But uh, I'd like you to go back to your house right now. <laughs> And I could ignore that. Listen, this is this is my property. There's nothing that I've done on my property that is outside of what I've agreed to. You have no say as to what I do over here. I am not in violation of any law. This is my sovereign right to do what I want to do on this property within the bounds of what I've agreed to. So my neighbor does not have the right to take his lawnmower and cut it to uh, the length that he prefers. He does not have the right, I don't have, just like this, I don't have the right to take my, to have my guy who, our, our guy who comes out and spreads the stuff to get the weeds out of our lawn. I don't have the right to go and say, why don't you just run that all the way up to our neighbor's house? You know, it's like, cause, cause you can see the line, you know, and, and when the wind blows all that stuff, it, it, it recedes over. I, I don't, that, that's, that's his property. And, and it's, you know, they got going on what they got going on. I got going on what I got going on. But, um, but it's kind of like what you just said. Property though. lines. It, it, our property lines for our home. And in fact, there, there's a whole thing about, you know, our neighbor could have a tree and what happens if their tree uh, that they don't maintain, let's just say they they have a tree on their property that's dead, right? And it's clear that it's dead. And they know that, that something should be done about it. And if that tree were to get blown over in a windstorm and it's dead and it doesn't have the proper roots to root it to the ground and it falls over and destroys something in our that we own on our property, they're responsible for paying for that because something of theirs has trespassed into our property. And there are consequences that they would be responsible for. Yes. So, so this whole metaphor of property line boundaries, drawing a box and saying, this is my space. Right. You once described on a podcast, I believe it was on Family from the Heart, my boundaries as being surrounded by a moat with piranhas in my moat. I Did I? Per- you did. Okay. I think I said... I had I had said to one of my siblings that my boundaries were so um, strict that you had to go over a moat to get to me. Yeah. And you said that there were piranhas in my moat. Okay. That's what it was. I said moat, you said piranhas. But I like it. <laughs> and and the thing is, is you have the ability at time. Well, and, and by the way, setting boundaries is an incredibly powerful thing. I think that that's really one of the points that we're trying to bring out in this overall episode but boundaries can hinder if you have boundary issues on the other side so not having any boundaries can present or does not can does present Mm -hmm. 
a, a, a an infinite number of potential problems, having no boundaries whatsoever. But putting up boundaries and going about it willy-nilly and trying to put yourself a moat and, and, ele- and electrified eels and piranha and everything else in it and, and all of this other stuff, it can cause you to leave an, lead an incredibly isolated, lonely life as well. And so there are, there are things it's like, okay, well, maybe I want to have a little drawbridge that I could let down and I could let some people go, you know, come across and well, I choose come who in and I out. choose when my drawbridge is lowered and that's not lonely or isolating. Yeah, but there are some people who, what I'm saying though, there are some people who sit, who just start digging the moat and they put the piranha in. They got the electric, the electric eel, eels, and every other uh, venomous snake in the pit, Ew. and all the other stuff. And they never think to build a drawbridge. They never think to 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 allow anything in. So they're 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 so hell bent on keeping everything and everyone out that nothing gets in that nothing gets in and that can be a problem as well so so we're not talking about just boundaries we're talking about healthy Healthy. boundaries that and and of course who defines healthy and i think that 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 should be something that we as sovereign beings define for ourselves ourselves right a healthy a healthy boundary for you is not necessarily a healthy boundary for me Exactly, exactly. But when it comes down to it, I'm the one who defines my boundaries. Exactly. You know, if we didn't, if we really took issue with the homeowners association, and let's just say they did, uh, let's just say they uh, 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 they proposed a whole new level of of guidelines of what is acceptable for you to do on the property that you own. And everybody went to the meeting and we all voted and I voted against it, but it passes with whatever majority is necessary. And we have the power to sell this house and leave this neighborhood. That, exactly. Because this violates my own personal boundaries. Exactly. This goes beyond what I'm willing to have as a boundary in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't be the victim of the, no, it, it's like I knew when I bought this property, or maybe I didn't know, but now I do know. I've just become aware that the, the rules can change, and I never really thought about that. Well, okay, that lesson learned. Now I'm going to use this new information, and the next place I move to, I'm going to keep that in mind. Yes. So I like, yeah, so you you're, you said your, bound, your definition of a boundary is I draw a box around myself, and I determine who gets in, or who or what gets in. Yes. And it's not just yourself, it's your time, effort, energy, and a bunch of other things that you said at the beginning. I said my heart and my mind. Your heart and mind. I love that. I love your heart and mind. Wow. So, um, what are boundaries? That's the first question. Uh, Let's see here. Words. In the physical... Why do I have this? I haven't even read this. I don't know. Um, in the physical world, a fence or some other kind of structure usually defines the boundary. In the spiritual world, fences are invisible. Nevertheless, you can create good protective fences with your words. The most basic boundary setting word is no. It's my favorite word. Yeah. It really is my favorite word. And I think that from from a very small, from the very beginning... 
in childhood, it's given a negative connotation. Everyone hears the word no as a negative. And it doesn't have to be that. For me, if, okay, so I was once asked if I could be a long-term child caregiver for one of my siblings, for, for a, a niece or a nephew, okay? And I said no. To me, that word was very positive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't to the sibling who was hearing it. But to me, it was. Because what I was being asked to do did not align with my time with my balance, with my self-care, with my time. I said time already, but, um, and, and with my peace, because it brings in an element of external family drama that I wasn't willing to play a part in. Yep. So for me, that word was a, it was a very positive word. It, it was, and regardless of how that person perceived it, you did this out of love, not only for yourself, but for that child and for your sibling who asked. Exactly. Sibling who asked. Because what many people do when they don't have boundaries and they cannot say no, even though they really don't want to say yes, what happens is, um, I'm going to read to you what I just wrote down on this page. I yep. got this out of a summary from Boundaries on the app called Blinkus. It says, there are limits to what we can give to others without compromising ourselves. When we don't respect those limits, we create resentment. Yes. Now, if you know in your heart that no is what you would really like to say to that request, but you say yes because you feel bad or any other sense of obligation or anything like this, and you, but it violates what you know inside goes against what you want and what you, where your time, where your effort, where your energy and all this other stuff is meant to go because you know what you want to create. Um, then all of a sudden you have crossed your own boundary and said yes to something you should have said no to. And over time, this does create resentment. Towards the child, towards the sibling, towards the, like... Towards yourself. And it's... Right, so... And this is and, and this is not a positive thing for a child that you've created, that you have taken responsibility, you, that you've committed right. to. That child is not going to get the love and and care um, so, so you saying yes does not serve your sibling. You're saying yes in violation of what your heart is telling you. Right. Does not say yet, does, is not kind to that child. No is the kindest thing you can do when it's in violation of what your heart says. Yes. Correct. I like that. Um, separate sibling also regarding childcare, but six years ago, my brother and his wife were having a new baby and they asked if we could keep their five and six year old, five and four, I don't know, they something like that. I think they were five and six um, at the time while they were in the hospital having the new baby. Absolutely, I can, I can do that, right? Well, um, when our, our new niece was born, she had um, 
some um, issues that kept her in the hospital for extra time. And so we have a five and a six-year-old that I'm working into our already busy schedule. I already have three kids on three different campuses going to school at two different times being picked up and, and dropped off. So I was already in a very busy season of my life. And, but I added this in, I took this on and without complaint, without resentment, without, and because the baby was in the hospital for, for other reasons, it had went three days and I had not heard from my brother. And these kids hadn't heard from their parents in three days. So I drew my line. I found my boundary. I called up and I said, hello, you know, you got two other kids here. (laughs) I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say, I don't understand that, that like there, there's this going on, but these kids are confused and they're scared. And they've now they've been with people that they don't know that well for three days and they've not heard from their parents. Also, I'm super busy. And you asked for a day and a half, and now we're on day three. The boundary has the been boundary crossed. The boundary has been crossed. We're at it. I'm stating that we're at it. I'm not saying... No, it's stating that we're beyond it. I'm stating that we're beyond it. And and I'm just acknowledging... I just want you to acknowledge... We need to acknowledge that we're beyond it. And something else has to... You're still a parent to these kids. Yep. You don't just forget about them and leave them with someone else. You know, because this is going on. And so we worked it out. It was fine, you know, and, and, but there are, I I refuse to be taken advantage of. Right. I can do something. I can let down my bridge. I can let somebody come across my moat and, and be, and give, I give. Oh yeah. I give of myself. I think sometimes when I talk about my boundaries, people think that I just, have like no interaction with people outside of this house. And that that's not true. Um, and I just want to pause you there. I just want to say, I'm incredibly in awe of the way that when you let your moat down and either let people in or you go outside of yourself to enter into their world, the level of depth of care and support that you give to others, it I, it's like, I don't know how she could do that. Um, and a, a key point of this was my dad, my biological dad, before he passed away, um, there was some times he needed some stuff. And the way that you reached out and served him, I'm like, gosh, I wouldn't want to spend that time with my dad. And the fact that you are doing this, it blows my mind. And and yet you very well, it's like, listen, OK, here, here, here's OK. Yes, I'm letting down the drawbridge. And he can enter my space, you know, he can be a part of my space here, but here are the guidelines, here are the, here are the boundaries of what's acceptable mm-hmm. and as far as how much time, how much this. And I can go into his world, but here's the limits that I set on what's acceptable in these scenarios. And if, if that gets crossed, the, the, the drawbridge is going back up. It is. <laughs> and, and thank you for saying that because I have been... I have been called unkind and I have been called selfish and I have been called cold hearted and all I look at these people say, you just don't know me. Well, <laughs> because you've, been, you've been called these things generally by people who grew up in families that had boundary issues. <laughs> yes. People, Namely my own. 
<laughs> but um but I, I have and so so those those are those are actually we talked before about didn't we talk before about shedding words that that other people have have labeled with us with like didn't, did you i did i talked about that when i talked about my this one but no oh. um that's new to share now but um okay but uh when i talked about my mountain when i talked about colorado i talked about shedding the words and the the things that other people had labeled me with oh and, yeah and those were those were high up there on that and um and, and so i had lost my train of thought that's all right I so so okay we're talking about the fact that um, you you do open up. You're not unkind. I do serve. I do get out of the house and but interact I think when with people. people that's when, where you were. Yeah. So, but I think when when people hear me talk about my boundaries, that they they think that I am isolated, like you had mentioned before, and and that that's just not true because I do have a heart to serve people. But what I have learned. And probably for later, one of the greatest lessons of my life is that you cannot serve people if you have nothing to give. Yeah. from an, You can't give from an empty cup. You cannot give from an empty cup. Your car will not run with an empty tank. I mean, if that's not an analogy we all get right now, I don't know what it is. <laughs> you cannot go on empty. And, and so while... To some, it may seem selfish to say that I put myself first. I learned that to to help everyone else, you have to be full. You have to be rested. You have to be um, in in the right mindset. You have to you have to want to give of yourself, and so therefore you have to have something to give. Yeah. I like that. Otherwise, you get back to the resentment. Exactly. So, what are boundaries? That was the first thing that we had come up with. Why are they needed? What happens when you don't set boundaries? And you said you were going to tell us a Jane story. The, uh, the <laughs> so super uh, why super why when McKenna was very. By the way, Stephanie asked, "Can I say this?" Well, just just so you know, Stephanie's not going to actually curse curse, but there's a word that if you've yeah. got sensitive ears. Uh, you, 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 you're, you're, yeah, just, if you got sensitive ears around, just know Stephanie's going to say, uh, the H E double hockey sticks. <laughs> you're funny. Um, so when McKenna was little, um, one of her favorite shows was a PBS show called super Y. It was an interactive television show to, um, that strengthened readers. It, it was to strengthen reading skills. And so they worked on you know, phonics and, and um spelling and all these different things anyway and there was one episode i don't remember i think it was just in the one episode so i'd have to go find it but they are on a journey and they're traveling up a hill and they're chanting over and over up the hill up the hill stomp 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 stomp." right well our three-year-old is watching the show and she is standing in the living room saying, what the hell, what the hell, stomp, stomp, stomp. 
this is what happens when you have no boundaries you walk around your life going what the hell what the hell and you are stomping your feet the entire time stomp 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 i don't know what happened i don't know where to go i don't know what to do i don't know why this is happening to me and you walk around in circles stomp 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 stomp, stomp. that's what happens when you don't have boundaries yes i like it um Let's see here. So, uh, can I? Uh, do you want to read this text that you that I took a screen, screen yeah, capture? Yeah, so you took a screen capture. I of? did. I saw this on um, Instagram the other day. It is a screenshot of someone's. Um, I, I, that's a tweet, right? That's a screenshot of a tweet, I believe. Anyway, it says, um, "My therapist told me yesterday." <laughs> Some people will choose to remember and recognize only the version of you that they held the most power over, no matter how long it's been or how much you've changed. And I find this true in my own life, that there are people in my world who still see me as 15 or 21 or give your your number because that is the time in my life when i was they, under their, their I, I was under their control most under their influence and under their control and i will hear these people describe me and i can look around and be like they really don't know me at all because they know a version of me that is no longer here yeah and i have accepted that and I learned to love them where they're at because they may never change, but that doesn't mean I have to be who they believe I still am. Does that make sense? Did, did those yeah. words make sense? Yeah. Okay. They, they can continue. I can't change. I may not be able to change how they see me. They can still see me as the 15 year old that needs their guidance, that needs their input, I can that still- needs their rules to keep me safe. But you know what? I get to set the boundaries of whether or not they still, that, that they still can come into my space and influence me with their thoughts, with their guidelines, with their advice, with their expectations that's completely up to me and i pulled the i just pulled the the drawbridge right up on that say listen uh you stay over there i'm fine in here i'm I'm good in here that's right and and that doesn't like there are still people that that do come in, in my space that that have that but but they don't have power of influence over me I've learned to love them where they're at. I've learned to accept that that's who they think I am, but that doesn't mean that I change who I am when I'm around them. I don't become that 15-year-old again. I stay who I am. They're the ones who are wearing glasses, not not me. Yeah. All right, so, okay, the next question in our outline here, how do you set boundaries? <sighs> That's a hard one for me to answer, how to set boundaries. Because for me, no, I, I, I'm just going to say, for me, setting boundaries was deciding I wanted something different and making it happen. Okay. Are, are you, I'm just I'm, writing my answer down. Okay. So, so yeah, I wanted to... I wanted, I have a set of values that I hold myself to. 
and I learned this. I learned this was probably my first boundary was over my time, and and I'm not sure where I'm not sure where I got this, but it was to list all of the things you have going on, and then prioritize them one to five in order of importance to meeting your your core values and anything that's a four or the five drop off and it's i thought this was a conversation (laughs) (laughs) that's where i was wrong (laughs) i'm outlining my answer i'm sorry he's not even listening because he's too busy (laughs) thinking what he's gonna do you're a terrible listener i I love you anyway by the way i i do not accept that i am an incredibly powerful listener i just wasn't when you want to i wasn't listening in that moment but I'm an incredibly powerful listener. You'll you find, are. You're you'll a find, great listener when you want to. Y- you? It's just usually not to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I have decades of podcasts to prove it. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Okay. So, so you, you were talking about your values. So I have these poor people who already heard me say this once <laughs> well sometimes it's here you know what <laughs> it's yes, repetition, repetition is the mother is, of skill you're right um I you're, was you're sharing, welcome dear listener i was sharing that i have my core values that i live by yes you do and that somewhere many years ago i learned a trick to write down everything that you are i said my first boundary was over my time yep to write down everything that you are currently time committed to. Yes. Label them in number of importance one to five. Okay. Anything that's a four or five drop off. Got it. So you've got three priorities. So, you, well, not three priorities. You can have many priorities, okay. but you're only doing the ones that are a one, two, or three. Gotcha. Okay. You drop off anything that's a four or five. I like that. That what go, That goes along with another thing that I had written down earlier. And that is, I heard this first from Rich Litvin. He says, most people are over-obligated and under-committed. Yes. Yes. And, and, and this, this is a result of having improper boundaries. It's like, oh, well, gosh, I'm, I, I attend this church and I don't want to, I, I, you know, I, I feel so bad if I say no because, you know, I don't do a lot around here and so many other people do. Okay, yes, I will organize that. Yes, I will volunteer to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and now there's even if it's just one or two things. But then there's you know the school and the PTA or whatever. It's like yes, I will. Okay, yes, I can do that. Ugh. And then at work, it, you know, somebody's it's like, hey, so and so is out for their maternity leave, and we have this big project. Is there any way that I could put this on your plate? And you're already overwhelmed with all the other stuff you got going. But you don't want to say you, you don't want to get anybody upset, and it's like you know what I know everybody's picking up the way you know the slack here, and so okay, I guess if it's only fair that I say yes, and 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 then all it's just so much, and and we haven't even talked about the fact that you've got kids that you're trying to help with their things, and 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 then you've got your elderly parents, or you've got your nieces and nephews, and all the other stuff, and before you know it. You are literally going to bed at two or three o'clock in the morning, absolutely physically exhausted, waking up at five or six in the morning and starting it all over again. And before you know it, you're burnt out. One day you just snap. You're burnt out. You have nothing left. You there. There's literally no time to do any 
thing. Yeah. And, and you're doing so much, you're not doing any of it well. Yeah. No, nothing is done with your full heart and out of gratitude, overflowing from your love. It, it, it becomes, it, you become bitter inside and resentful of all these people who have thrust all of this stuff on you. So when you, in reality, nobody has thrust anything on you. Right. So last year, um, my stepmom turned 60 and my dad had this idea that we should um, make a quilt for her with pictures of all of the grandkids because for my dad's 60th birthday, we made a quilt for him. And and so it was it was his idea. Actually, I think it was my sister's idea. Well, my dad got it in his head that that's what we were going to do. He called me. He asked me to do it. We're working on it. And so my sister and I spent time together and we made this quilt for our stepmom. And and at one point I had said, you said, what are you going to do today? And I said, I have to work on this quilt. Like I'm running out of time. I have to work on it. Do you remember something like this okay and you said why are you doing it like if if you're in such a rush and you're doing this why are you doing it and do you remember my answer i i remember the conversation but i don't remember the response because it's a three oh okay because it it was it was a three it fit in to my core values i had the time to do it Mm -hmm. it was just a matter of managing my time well yes and and it because it it was a three and so it got done it's adorable and she loves it and then my brother went and had another baby and so <laughs> now it's not complete but whatever yep um so there are a couple of things that comes to my mind um when i think about how do i set boundaries and i think it's important to answer three of the most important questions you'll ever ask in your life And if you don't know the answers to these three questions, it's going to be incredibly difficult for you to set boundaries. So, uh, and and this, by the way, does not come from the book uh, from Henry Clounder and John Townsend or, you know, those two guys. So, here's the first question. The first question is, who am I? All right. That, and and you might think, well, I'm so-and-so's son. No, that's not who you are. That is a label. You are a sovereign person. You are a divine spiritual being here having a human experience, all right? Now, I, I can't tell you that you adopt that, but that's that's my answer. I am, a div- I am a divine spiritual being that has come to this planet to have, that was sent to this planet, came to this planet. God created me here to have this uh, human experience. And it just so happens that the process chosen for this to be possible was through, what's so funny? If you look up boundaries on Amazon, it says doctors, Cloud, and Townsend. <laughs> there you go, the doctors. <laughs> All right. So anyway, but you, you need to figure out who am I? I'm not Stephanie's husband. I'm not my mom and dad's child. I'm not the brother of my my sister and my brother. I, I mean, those things are aspects of my identity, but they don't define me. Are you following me, Stephanie? Are you listening to me? You are those things, but they don't define you. Yeah, exactly. So, th- no, I am not those things. Those are aspects of who I am. But they, but they are not who I am. I right. am not 
a son. I am not a husband. I I am a a divine spiritual being having a human experience. I'm sovereign and I get to choose everything. Now, I, I now of course you one we could argue did you choose to have the parents that you have and we're not going to go into that theological debate, but I did get to choose to be a husband. I get to choose to be a father. I get to choose a lot of things in this world. And those are aspects of me. But if you take away my parents, if you take away my wife, you take away my kids, do I exist? Yes. All right. And if if the answer to that is yes, then then that's not who you are. Because who you are is what's left when all the labels are stripped away. So... Um, what I like to think, I, I, if, if I really think about who I am, I'm a creator and I, I'm a creator that was created in the image of my creator. And so that, that's who I think I am. I am a creator. I'm, I came to this world to create, to co-create. That's that. And so for me, I have a very clear picture of who I am. Now I have created and, and adopted um, aspects of myself as son, as father, as husband, and friend, and business owner, and all this other stuff, but none of those things are required for me to still be in this world. So the question is, is do you know who you are without the labels? That's the first question. Now, once you have that, then the next one is, why am I here? What's the, wh- Why was I born? What's the purpose of life? What does it mean? And guess what? Don't look to other people to answer that for you. You've got to find that answer within yourself. And if you can find out who am I and why am I here, then you might be able to finally answer the third question is, what do I want to create? What life do I want to live? What work do I want to do? What play do I want to play? What hobbies do I want to have? Where do I want to go? Not where does my mom and dad think I want to go? Where do all these other people, what the, you know, what do I want? So when I know the answer to who am I, why am I here, and I have clarity about what I want, it's only then that I know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And what I say yes to and what I say no to is how I define my boundaries. And by the way, I actually am very clear. It's like, okay, I'm going to choose to say, and it's like you. I, I don't know that I have ever said it's just the one, two, or three, but it's usually right around there. I, it's, and ideally, just one. It's like, I'm going to be laser focused on this one thing right here in this in this season of my business. Or I'm going to- doesn't s- mean I'm working on many things all at the same time, but- no, I'm not saying for you. I'm just I'm just trying to think okay. of how I my mind is processing it. But I typically as like okay, I know that I'm going after this. All right, but I also need to know that these other parts of my life are there and I'm going to try to bring some sense of balance, but I don't even feel like I need to have like balance in the way that other people think about balance. That's that's how they define life. It's like, "Oh, I want to make sure that I'm spending at least, you know, 4 to 6 hours a day every day with my kids." It's like that's not my that's not my, that's not who I am. That's not why I'm here. You know, I, I, I trust me, I want quality times, quality time with my kids, but, and, and I don't judge anybody who. Also, no, hold on. We're also in a different season. Our kids are. Even when my kids were little, I didn't want to spend four to six hours a day with them. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't. As your wife, I can. Uh, I know. I, I, exactly, and I don't feel guilty about that. I know you don't. I, and, but there, but there are some. Nor people, do I feel guilty about the fact that I have a better relationship with them than you do. Right, and and I not not. It, it's different. It's a different relationship, and it, but the thing is, is it, what I'm saying is that there are some. I have clients and friends and peers of mine that are fathers. And their highest priority is just like, listen, I won't do anything that will violate me spending at least four four to six hours a day with my family. And I'm like, wow, that that's that's great, wonderful. And I there was a time when I'm like, oh wow, maybe I'm a terrible dad. I I I thought those thoughts. And and when it comes down to it, it's like, no, I'm not a terrible dad. The thing is, is in my life. Um, my biological dad never spent four to six hours with me in 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 any time frame. It, that's just me. There were there were times when I would get a day or two with him every now and then. That's why because my mom and dad were divorced, and my stepdad, who was been who's been my dad since I was five years old or whatever, and he's my dad today. He's adopted me. I love him immensely. But when I was a kid, there was never four to six hours a day. I mean, right. I might have got four hours a week at most with my dad when I was a kid. And I'm not bitter. That's not trauma. It's just that's how I grew up. And I and I love my dad. Mm-hmm. We have a, an incredible relationship. And I am so self-sufficient, self-sustained, and, and self-made. And, 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 and there are so many things that given that time alone and not so overbearing parenting for me I saw as a benefit mm-hmm. it's like gosh I had to come up and make a lot of decisions on my own and d- trust me as a kid I made some really stupid decisions when I was a kid I used to play with fire everywhere uncontrolled I used to do really mean nasty funny that you say used to oh well I I, I play with fire in a more safe way today <laughs> because mostly because of the things that I learned when I was a kid but you know what? If there there are things that I did as a kid and learned and grew from that I wouldn't have been able to do if I had, you know, if 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 my parents were the way that mm-hmm. some of my friends are with their kids. And again, this is not a judgment of them. I'm sometimes very, uh, I I can I appreciate their style of parenting. It's like wow, I know people. You know, there are friends of mine. It's like oh man, my dad and I like we're best buddies. You know, and and we do everything together, and and it's always been that way. He's been the most supportive. He's he's all. There's never been a time he wasn't there for anything that's ever happened in my life. And I'm like, wow, I can't even imagine what that's like. And 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 not in a way that oh my gosh, I feel like I missed out. No, it's like wow, that that's a different. That is a different experience of reality or the world that I have no way of relating to, and I still feel incredibly blessed in this world. I feel incredible. And I, as far as I'm concerned, there were a couple things that, you know, it's like my, my three kids now, our three kids, one's graduated college, one's going through college now, and the other one's gonna be going into college, and she's already got an early start with her dual enrollment. Um, as far as I know, I don't believe our kids have been experimenting with uh, illicit drugs and and all this other stuff, and if they have, it hasn't become an issue 
for them. Um, our kids have not had major depressive modes and, and stuff like that. And I'm not making any judgments on anything, but but the the one thing that I can say is like, man, I am the dad that I am. And 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 I and I've done that based upon knowing who I am, why am I here, what do I want to create? And do I want to create do is being a dad an aspect of it? Yes. Well, what does that look like for me? Mm-hmm. Not what does other people think that I should. We did growing kids God's way. And I, and I went against. It wasn't growing kids our way. It was not growing kids our way. Uh, and I don't I think, think that was part of the problem. We didn't grow kids. Yeah. We grew adults. And, and you and I had this discussion when Megan was born. We did. I don't want, I don't want to raise kids. But I, th- I don't think it was when she was born. It was because too, I've said I've said this many I've said this many many times that I grew up wanting to have a baby. I wanted to have a baby. I wanted to have a baby. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have a baby. I have a baby. And three years after I had this baby, I had a person with a personality, and I didn't know <laughs> what to do with it. I didn't plan to have a person with its own personality a very strong-willed personality and and that's when we had the talk about how we were going to yeah yeah and and so we had this and that's when we tried growing kids god's way yeah and we tried it and and it and wasn't what we were looking for it was creating little robots and it, with with no personality we were we were stripping them of their own boundaries Yes. You know, it's like, listen, we want you, we want to be in your space at all times and we want to set all, we were the homeowners association and we were changing the rules all the time and they didn't even get to vote. Hold on. That makes me, do you remember? Okay. Um, we had, we did not have, our kids did not have a lot of rules growing up. Okay. But we had one very strict, always implemented rule in our house what was that don't jump on the bed oh yeah and they did that hold on but they did it and they're like we weren't jumping on the bed we just we weren't and then you pull out the camera and there are pictures of them literally (laughs) airborne airborne because they were taking pictures of each other jumping on the bed um and and those are so so i'm just thinking not all we we were the home with the camera proof Yes. We're yep. sending out the nasty grant. <laughs> you were jumping on the bed. We were the homeowners association. And and so and I didn't like it, you know, because because I just like I don't like to get the pictures with the the garbage can on the side. It's, it's on the side of the house. But we can see it from the street. Here's the picture, here's the proof, here's the guideline. You signed a document. Fine. I, I put a little fence in front of them. We did. But but it's, it's like down the street. There's a fence. And, 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 and <laughs> there is a fence with the finger, a middle. It's in the shape of a middle finger. It's kind of funny. So um, it's very funny. It's kind. It's it's a lot funny. Uh, so anyway, but we did we did we decided we want we do not want to raise kids. We want to raise responsible young adults, and and responsible young adults that that are free to be themselves that's the big thing we never I, I never enforced my boundaries on my kids and i gave them the permission and the space to create their own boundaries on 
the same things that I was, their time and their mind and their heart and their space and their, um, you know, keeping your room clean was not a big rule here because that's their space. If they want to live like a pig, live like a pig. Just don't bring it out into my space. Yeah. Because then we got problems, you know, um, but, but, but also teaching the, the consequences of what happens when you want to live like a pig. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and, and so those, those were very real. Um, but allowing them the freedom to become themselves with their own boundaries was a big thing. And I think that it has, it, it has, um, I, there, there's a word I'm looking for that's not coming to me. Anyway, it has been to, benefited them now that they are, two of them are adults and, and one is on her way. Yeah, and uh, one thing that you said is like, I never forced my boundaries on them. I love that and I, and, and I know everyone understood what you said, but I just want to say for the record, you always stated what your personal boundaries are yes. and you didn't, you did, you did, um, uh, re- you did protect your boundaries when I they did. crossed your boundaries. I did. It's like, listen, th- you, you don't talk to me that way. That this mm-hmm. that this is not acceptable. There there will be some consequences if you're going to speak to me that way. Then you'll find there's a lot of things that you like that I do for you that aren't going to that be I done ha- for you. Yeah, that I don't have so, to do. So I just wanted to make sure that people yeah. know that you, you when you say I didn't force my boundaries, I I you no not you I, not I didn't enforce my boundaries. I didn't force my they they don't have my you, same boundaries exactly you didn't you what you were saying is i did not force my kids to adopt the same boundaries and the same values that i have i allowed my kids to decide what their own values are what their priorities are and what their boundaries are and and it's been a process throughout their upbringing to find out how do their boundaries interact with our boundaries and the boundaries of the world around us right and as a result of all of this you know we've got some we i'm pretty proud we've got some incredibly well-rounded young adults we did we really do and all of that, and I didn't spend four to six hours a day with them. I, you know, I, I, I had the relationship with my kids that I had, and 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 I and I love that, you know. And and I think about there was a time when I really felt guilty about my biological dad and the boundaries that I set there. At the time, I did not have a lot of what's called emotional intelligence. Is this a phrase that you hear that you know a lot about? Have you heard emotional intelligence? Uh, yeah, I have. Because I, I only began to hear about the phrase emotional intelligence maybe about seven or eight years ago. And the first few years that I heard about it, I just didn't even know what it meant. It's like, what's that? Um, I, my I, my emotions were completely un, out of control. And, and anything that triggered me triggered whatever was inside. And I, had, I didn't know that I could control any of that. I, in fact, you know, I used to have seasons of depression mm-hmm. every single year. It, 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 and it, ironically, it would con- coincide with the two months out of the year I'd sp- see my dad the most, um, which was November and December. And so, um, and and back then, the I didn't have the the way to handle all of that stuff and process it in my mind in a healthy way. And so, what I did is I created boundaries that says, "Okay, I'm I'm not going to talk to my dad if he's you know the, I'm I'm going to limit the amount of time that I spend with my dad. 
I'm going to limit the places and environments that I will spend time with my dad. I will limit the number of times per year that I see my dad. And 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 then I'm like, okay, well, even in those times when I've agreed to, you know, go out of my thing and I'm going to spend some time in his world, there are certain things that it's like, okay, I what cost am I willing to pay? If he does or says these kind of things, you know, and, and I, I had a checklist of all the red flags of things that I just don't feel like this is something I want me or my family to be around. And it's like, okay, hey, dad, we ca- we were going to come out here and hang out and spend the day with you. Uh, but you know what? I think we're done. I th- we're heading out. You know, and it's like, you know, you knew we were coming. You didn't need to take those pills. You didn't need to drink those drinks. You didn't need to say what you just said. Um, you know, I, th- I think we're, we're packing up. We're going to head out early. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we were just, we we're going to have lunch today. No, nope. maybe another time, dad. And, and I had to set those boundaries and, and that's what protected me. And I needed that protection at the time because I was emotionally fragile as a, as, as just as a human, even as an adult, adult, I was an, I was an emotionally fragile being. And for me to be able to operate in other areas of my life and get things done, especially as a business owner, I needed to not be in a depressed state. I mean, because I, my deepest depressions were, I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. And if I did get out of bed, I didn't do anything. I was just lethargic. And that could last anywhere from three to four days, all the way up to two to four weeks, sometimes a little bit longer than that. And I'm like, no. Uh, today, I, I know a lot about emotional intelligence. I know a lot about emotional. Con- I know about how to break free from some of those triggering things, and and you know I can't go back and change time. My biological biological dad has passed away since then, but you know the thing is, is those boundaries served me in a powerful way that allowed me to have the best times possible with him, and and those helped me. Um, yeah. So there are, I had somebody in the Next Level Mastermind this morning who was experiencing some boundary issues with their parents. And three, so if you have the answers to these three questions, you might want to journal or pray about these over a series, a season of life. But who am I? Why am I here? What do I want to create in this world? Because then you know what to say yes to and you can say no to everything else with very few exceptions. So that's, that's key number one. And then when it comes to setting boundaries, in any relationship or with any organization or any client in your business, the question is, is there, there are three questions. What do I want? What do I want this relationship to be like? How do I want it to look? How do I want it to feel? What do I want this relationship to be? All right, and then at what cost? That's question number two. What am I willing to pay in time, effort, and energy to make what I want become reality? And then the third thing is, what are the non-negotiables? What are the hell no's? What are the things that I'm absolutely not going to put up with? And that's how I deal with, that's how I create those boundaries. What's the look on your face? I would say that there's a fourth. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Add on. When to walk away. Yes. And that that's for me, that's what the, 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 the for me is, what are the hell no's? It's like, the, this is the time for me. The, that's, yeah. these like, are the things where, no, nope, it, it okay, is, this it is, is done. okay. Like I, I have relationships in, in my life that, um, that I have walked away from. And 
um, you know, these people are still in my life because of other relationships. And so they, they cross over, but I've had to accept that relationship is not going to ever be what I would want it to be. No matter how much time and effort and, you know, non-negotiables I listed. And it's okay to walk away. It is definitely okay to walk away. It's okay to walk away, retreat to your box, pull up the drawbridge. Read and, a book. And read a book. <laughs> there you go. Or have a cup of tea or, you know, cover your head with a blanket for a few days. Um, metaphorically. <laughs> like, it, it, is, it is not wrong to walk away from a toxic relationship a toxic um, task. It is not wrong to set boundaries in life, in time, in how you love, in how you in in what you let into your mind, in what you let have power over you. Those things are healthy, and they are how we. What are your questions? They are, they are how you live who you are yep. and they are how you fulfill your purpose here on on earth to the fullest extent and it's how and it's and it's the boundaries that allow you to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things so that you can create what it is you've intentionally come here to create in this world yes that is going to wrap it up for this episode yeah that was Good. fun just all of that came out of our lunch date yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild. That's pretty good. It's fun stuff. Hey, if you are interested in a anything that Stephanie and I have got going on, we've been talking about it in a few episodes, but I just want to let you know what's available. And we're not super high pressure salespeople by any stretch of the imagination. But Stephanie and I have a couples, entrepreneurial couples uh, group, a mastermind group. It's a paid mastermind group where if you or your spouse has a business or both of you work in the business together, that's perfectly fine. But one of you is involved in a self-employed business venture, then there, then you are an entrepreneurial couple, even if one of you is not involved in the business. But, so it's for entrepreneurial couples. And I want to let you know that the emphasis of our group, we've been meeting for several weeks now, it's Stephanie and I and one couple, we just started it because this one couple expressed a desire to be in a group and Stephanie and I have been thinking about doing such a group and they agreed to commit for an entire year and so we're meeting with them. Um, <clears throat> the focus has not been on all of the business-related stuff, although that there's opportunities mm-hmm. to talk business-related stuff. But it, what I really love about it is it brings the light, the focus on building the life together, where oftentimes what's happening in an entrepreneurial relationship uh, such as this, that the business kind of overtakes the life part or the business takes over the marriage. And, and and that's what I love about this group. If you, if this sounds appealing to you, you know who you are. The best thing to do is email me, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com and put ma- couples mastermind in the subject line. And of course, if anything that Stephanie and I individually are saying to you, 
that is is resonating with you, you'd like to have a conversation with either of, of us one-on-one in a coaching session, Stephanie's available for coaching one-on-one. I'm available for coaching one-on-one. And again, the best thing to do is just email me, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com and put coaching with Cliff or coaching with Stephanie in the subject line. Reach out to us. We'd love to chat. Until next time, we encourage you to live your life on purpose. Mindset and